All right, we're live. Woo. Max, welcome back. We're back, baby. So I got some feedback. Shout out to Shannon Kais. Oh my gosh. Um, she said that I need to do a better job of introducing people. Yes. So, so you're introducing Max. Me? Give me a bio. Oh, you want me to give you a bio? <laughs> oh, okay. <should> I <laughs> on, on, give you an on How the spot. You no, do. On the spot bio. Yes. Okay. Yes. For those of you listening. Hey, listeners. You, you probably know Max for one of a few things. The most likely thing is you know him for his extremely loud calf laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you Which go, other podcasts I've explored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out Calf Senders podcast. Let's go. If you want to hear Max's belly laugh. Yeah. Uh, I won't do it now. Yeah. No, that's fine. But it is on the Calf Senders <laughs> podcast, correct? It's true. Okay. Yeah. Max is from uh, Orange County, California. Born and raised. Born and raised. Uh, In the OC. <laughs> he is an avid surfer. Um, yes. Growing outdoorsman. That's true. Um, and he I is... Camp. Yeah, he camps. I camp. He camps. Yeah. Uh, I took him on his first non-beach camping trip. It was awesome. Um, and now Max goes to... Or is graduating from Biola. In yeah. Yeah the end of the semester I'm an adult. Uh, and he has just been hired by a missions organization yes so max yes i want to hear all about your missions uh the work that you're going to be doing but i have a question yeah. to get you started I'm, I'm ready let's go what are you most scared of when thinking about the future with this missions organization that is a great question okay this is actually something i was just thinking about so thank you this is good i'm gonna like Process, process this with you. <laughs> okay. Here's what I'm most afraid of. Are you ready? Yeah. Because over the past few months, if I, if you asked me this maybe three months ago, I would have been like, like probably just like the, I, I, before I would have been said the fear of, of being a missionary mm-hmm. is that your, your identity in your work mm-hmm. would then be me sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Which our identity comes from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that should take away that fear, but even though we're not perfect. And so because of that, I had this fear like, oh man, I'd be sharing the gospel and whenever I made a mistake or I, you know, a person didn't respond well, that would be like such a, that'd be such a bummer. I'm so scared of how people would respond, I guess. <laughs> that's kind of gone away as I've realized that's not how I, missions, good, good missions in my opinion uh-huh. is slow and long and it doesn't, <clears throat> it's not like a, it's not as much about the response of yeah. the person. It's more just of the slow, gradual relationship yeah. that you're building. But the biggest fear that I have now is the money bar. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be broke <laughs> for so, a long time. So explain how it works Yeah, yeah. Uh, to the best of your ability. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that nuance. <laughs> yeah, with that, without that nuance, um, yeah, I really don't have a great grasp of it. But here we go. So I, I'm really excited to work for this organization. Pretty much every missions org... Um, does not pay their missionaries, right? It's they 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 do their own fundraising, right? There's only one. It's um, it's the International Mission Board. It's the one that all the Baptist okay. people go through. Sick. Like David Platt, David okay. Platt, his mission like that organization actually pays their missionaries. Gotcha. It's like delightful. <laughs> Everyone else <laughs> dreamworthy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and I don't fully actually understand what. Why, I mean, I know why people don't pay their missionaries. It's because these yeah. are nonprofits, and there's all the money going in goes to, yeah, these missionaries 
overseas. Um, but yeah, the, the fundraising part of it is, 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 that's part of what it means to be a missionary. But for me on the front end where I'm not, I've not gone overseas yet, mm-hmm. I'm in the status of like my job title right now is mobilizer yeah. and future goer. Uh-huh. So, which means when I ask, when I'm going to fundraise this summer to start working, I'm going to be going to people saying, Hey, Hey, how's it going? My, my name is Max. I want to, I want to go someday and go overseas and talk to and build relationships with Muslims and, and talk to them about Jesus. Um, and that's great. Um, it's very ambiguous and, and, and unclear. Right. And so what going to people, um, right now, like the current way that they're supporting me is by helping me basically just live in Orange County um, and be a missionary here, right? And so mm-hmm. there's, because I'm working for Frontiers now, I'm a mobilizer, which means I'm like, essentially, this is way too simplified, but I'm a basically a recruiter mm-hmm. for Frontiers. It's right. way different than a recruiter, say, for like an insurance company, right? right. Way different. But that's the simplest way um, to explain it. Basically, I'm getting people hyped on missions and walking alongside them as they explore what it means to go, right? Which is kind of a funny position to put the, like, a rookie in. Agreed. I'm not, I'm not, like, leading the, the uh, assault, Right, though. yeah, right. But agreed, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think the biggest reason I got hired for this was because of my personality. Yeah, for sure. And of, um, my, the, my boss is my mobilizer. So okay. the guy who, who met me and was like, hey, like, let's, let's get you into the field. I'm yeah. Like, Bet. Yeah. Um, it's a pyramid scheme. It's, it's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and then I'm going to work higher. Right. And then I'm, I'm going to be their boss. <laughs> and they're going to be like probably a high schooler. And then they're going to get like a middle schooler. And it's just going to be this beautiful <laughs> picture of just um, God's an, love. an efficient guy, but God's love. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but uh, uh, yeah, the, 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 the awkward thing is like I will be getting coffee with people in Orange County, mm-hmm. talking to them about missions, trying, it's almost, a form of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, I view it as discipleship because a lot of people um, go to Biola or they learn about Bible, the Bible and they go to church, but they don't have a very missional worldview. Mm-hmm. There's a big different, a way bigger difference that between um, uh, living missionally and just doing the Orange County Christian thing than we realize. Um, and which I didn't even realize until I got back from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a really important role. Like, I texted my dad. I was like, Dad, look, I got hired. And he, like, read the email. And he was like, so you're going to raise support for while you're here? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, why? Yeah. I'm like, well, good questions, because they don't have money for us, and so we need to raise support for us. And he's like, yeah, but why do you, why would we support you? And I was like, good question, Dad. Thank uh-huh. you. This yeah, yeah. Be, you I'm going to answer this a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, even my dad's critical. <laughs> like, and I get it, right? It's because yeah. mobilization is a very unknown, less glorified part of the missions process. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of really famous missionaries actually talk about like the importance of it. Mm. I don't want to be a full-time mobilizer. Yeah. I want to go into the field. Right. It's not a job that people want. Yeah. Right? Like, Which is why you're in it. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's part, of my, it's part of my preparation. And I'm really excited because um, it means that I get to, first of all, prepare. Like, I get to learn about missions while I'm doing this. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's a great way to prepare is is um, talk to other people who, who want to go. But then second, um, <laughs> I'm really excited because if those listeners if you know me you know I love getting hyped on things right? like <laughs> I was a Biola ambassador 
I talk about Star Wars way too much. Just those two things alone have just great examples of me being stoked about something. And so this is basically just, now I'm going to get paid to do that, but about missions. But you have to get other people to pay you. I have to get people to pay me. (laughs) Yeah, I have to convince people to pay me for that. And that's terrifying. Yeah. No, that's... I don't know how I feel about it either. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, I understand where... I understand the reasons why I have to. Yeah. But it still makes me feel weird. Do you think that you, given your family and Mm -hmm. your connections at Biola and connections at church, do you feel like you'll you have a lot of connections to people who would be willing to uh support you i'm not worried about the support because i'm a future girl uh-huh i'm not worried about the support because okay. i i know that i will get support going because of connections and church and family uh-huh the issue is the support now it's the middle ground it's the middle ground how it's long like, is that middle ground it's probably two years okay but like i said like i'm, I'm trying to like leave everything like hold on to everything very loosely yeah right because I feel like three months ago I was like I'm gonna go back to New Zealand this summer. Yeah, which I really wanted. And I still want, I'm still wanting to go back to New Zealand. But yeah, like it's I've just learned I need to hold everything so tightly. You mean you or, don't? So yeah, yeah. I need to, yeah, I need to I need to hold it loosely. Yeah, um, which in general is I feel like great life advice. I mean, great. there are probably some things that need to be held tightly, but uh, yeah. uh, that's the moral. It's of not the story. most. It's not most things. James is literally yeah. James is speaking facts. Like the, whole, <laughs> the whole Lord willing added to every sentence type thing uh-huh. is, I think, actually like annoying when people do it, but, but legit. Probably. <laughs> really. like, the amount of times I've lied to people this semester when I when people say, Oh, how was New Zealand? And I was like, It, it was great. Uh-huh. Like, are you going back? And I was like, Yup. Oh, when? Oh, you know, sometime probably next year. <laughs> that's probably a lie. <laughs> it's because that's what I want. Yeah. But like, uh, who am I to say that I know exactly what's going right. to happen in the future? So what, um, between our last podcast mm-hmm. episode and this one, what changed where you decided, oh, I'm not going back to New Zealand? Good question. Well, first of all, I don't have a beard. And so you just can't. That was huge. Yeah. You can't actually get back into New Zealand if you've already been there if you don't have a beard. Wow. Yeah, you're only allowed to be a tourist there once. And after okay. that, you have to be full Kiwi. <laughs> what it means to be full Kiwi is you look like you're, you know, from the earth. Right. And Do you have to look like you uh, stopped working out for six months? <laughs> yeah, that's too. That's too. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you walk around barefoot everywhere. Right. And, you know, eat a lot of food. <laughs> um, no, but a lot of things I feel like have changed. When I, I, the, the, the heart has not changed. My heart for missions has not changed. Yeah. It's more, I feel like I've focused in. When I'm at New Zealand, I had such a, a feeling of, or I had such a, an encounter with the gospel where it like, yeah, it was an epiphany. I'm like, oh my gosh, if Jesus is king, then mm-hmm. this has major implications for my life. Mm-hmm. And so then I was in the environment of, I'm in New Zealand, I'm surfing, and I'm seeing these surfers who don't know Jesus. These people need to know about Jesus. I'll be the one to do that. Uh-huh. And so my gung-ho attitude from then on there out was I'm going to go back to New Zealand and mm-hmm. tell the surfers. Because that's, that's where you had that feeling, exactly. and it's where you saw the need and that kind of thing. Yep, exactly. But then I get back. And here's the thing. I am not saying that that's maybe not gonna happen maybe that will happen mm-hmm. I st- and I, I want to go back to New Zealand next two years before I go overseas mm-hmm. um, but 
yeah, then, but then I get back and I, and I told my parents, okay, mom, dad, been a lot of life changes. I think I want to be a missionary, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Drop the M word. Um, <laughs> I want to be broke for the rest of my life. <laughs> and, and my parents were stoked. They're like, oh my gosh, he finally is taking his faith seriously. But also, <laughs> holy crap, you of all people, you need structure. You need a plan. Yeah. Right? And so they freaked out. Like, kind of like, like, like imagining what they, like, they, my dad was probably, oh my gosh, he's going to die. Um, but they connected me with a missions pastor. Okay. Um, and yeah, since then he's, he actually, he came to missions conference. He was, um, friends with one of the guys that spoke. He's a baller. Um, he's, he's got, Brian. he's got so many guys under yeah. him in the pyramid scheme. He's got so many guys. <laughs> actually, I can't say too much. Because it's some stuff that's secret. Oh, he's that much of a baller. Shoot. I know. He's really high up in the pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so high up we can't talk about it. Right. Um, wow. No, but he, we, we got coffee. And the first time we got coffee, he was like, okay, tell me my heart. Tell me your heart. And I was like, okay, deal. And I started telling him. And I'm like, and that's why I'm going to go back to New Zealand. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell the surfers all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's awesome." <laughs> and he was just not vibing. Interesting. And I was, I kind of was like, "Okay." And I, I for a second, I kind of wanted to ask why, but then he, I didn't because I, you know, don't want anyone to tell me why my dream is not great. Right. And but he told me anyways. And basically, he said something. He it was it was profound and kind of stuck with me all semester. But he kind of was like, "Max, um, you are somebody who likes to do things." Like one thousand percent. So why would you um, go and do something that you know you don't need to? And I was like, what? You mean I don't need to go? Like they need Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's like yes, they do, but it's not your job. And I was like, what? And I kind of like it's kind of like blowing my mind as he was saying it. And this is in January. Mm-hmm. But basically, he gave me basically missions conference at Biola was all about this year. And okay. so for the listeners that didn't hear, what happened missions conference, he basically was like, which would include me. Which include you, exactly. That's the biggest reason why. <laughs> but basically, he was like, if you went to New Zealand, that would be great. That would be great. You would go, you would tell people about Jesus, uh-huh. and that would be amazing. But if we look at what you, Max, have been best suited for, and we look at how you have a heart for, for sharing the gospel, and you, you want to go to people who don't know, well, why on the earth would you go somewhere where the gospel already is? Like, why would you go somewhere where there's so many churches? And this began a long semester of me kind of diving into what it means to, well, first of all, missions. Like, what it means to do good, sustainable missions. Mm-hmm. But then second, what it means to, um, like, what the, the, the importance of going to the unreached peoples versus going to the places that are already reached. The job of the church is not just to care for the Christians that are in that area. Right? Uh-huh. The job of the church is to lift missionally, mm. right? Yeah. Like if you are called to stay where you grew up, you're still a missionary. It just mm-hmm. looks different. Yeah. Like you, you're just working with your church that you are in mm-hmm. to reach the people around you that don't know. Yeah. And that's a huge job. It's a huge job here. It's a huge job in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. But for someone to move cross culturally, like. Like there's a huge there's a huge thing like 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 moving cultures to share the gospel is already kind of like sketchy. Yeah. Right. Like you're gonna be most effective in your own culture. Mm-hmm. Like me and you, we're gonna be most effective sharing the gospel 
in the culture we know the best. Right. And that's this one, right? Right, right here where we live now. Um, whereas, whereas if I went to New Zealand, I'd be going somewhere where the church already is mm-hmm. in trying to share the gospel with, with, yeah, people who <laughs> view Americans as kind of idiots, right? <laughs> and so, um, if I was going to go to New Zealand, which is what I've realized, is the best reason to go to New Zealand would be mobilizing the church to go to the rest of New Zealand. Uh, that would be the best reason to go for missions. Not you being out exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Like, hey, we need to go to New Zealand, get the church psyched about missions so uh-huh. that they can go out. Right. Because they will be most effective. Right. That's why... High school ministry is most effective when the pastors send their students out into their high schools, right? To to do ministry, like to bring people to church, uh-huh. instead of the pastor sitting outside the high school being like, "Hey, who wants a donut?" You know, yeah. like like that. That's when it's most effective. Right. So, um, but then what do you do when there's zero gospel somewhere? Right. There are, is three billion people in the world uh-huh. who have zero access to Jesus. Hmm. Like not just. Like there, like there's not a church within within countries, right? Like, yeah. Like, um, and then sometimes there's places that are unreached. There's people groups who are unreached that are living among um, uh, uh, reached peoples already, mm-hmm. but they don't know Jesus. And because they're a different people group with a different language and a different culture, uh-huh. they can live side by side. And it doesn't cross no that barrier. There are unreached people groups in LA, right? Mm. Tons. Interesting. And they have, and they they could live here their whole lives and never hear about Jesus. They could see churches, but not know what they mean, because they have a different language and culture. Like it's it's actually like it's it's mind boggling, mm-hmm. it's devastating. And so he's telling me all this, and I'm like, holy crap! Why would I go back to New Zealand? And part of me still thinks it'd be amazing to go back to New Zealand and yeah. do missions there. Because here's the thing: is I have a huge heart for the surfer that does not know that the person's creating their waves has <laughs> also created them, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, that's crazy to me. But when I look at my availability as a very single person, mm-hmm. my um, just kind of like my energy levels, mm-hmm. I have the freedom like and like the kind of cool blessing to go right. Like First Corinthians seven feels very real to me right now. Where I, like kind of follow in Paul's footsteps to literally go. There's like right. There's two types of people. There's Timothy and there's Paul. There's people who are called to stay and people who are called to go. Mm-hmm. And um, and over this semester, I've realized, okay, I am not only, like, like, stoked to go, but, like, I do feel very called to go to uh-huh. a place that's never heard Jesus. Uh-huh. And that just is a wild thing that I'm really excited about, but it's that's also terrifying. That's what I wondered, yeah. This is, like, when you ask a question about fear, I've thought about this, and I've had a good conversation with people, like, like I can die. Mm-hmm. This is a different level of missions, where it's like... You don't, you know, mess up your mission strat and they just don't believe and it's kind of awkward right. and embarrassing for you, you nerd. It's like, you know? they find out you're a Christian. And, and... they deport you yeah. or they kill you mm-hmm. or they arrest you and they put you in a prison for the rest of your life yeah. in that country, right? Like, it's way different. Like, the organization I went with, they, or the organization I'm with now, they um, they had somebody die in the field mm-hmm. a few years ago. Yeah. And that was just from, like, a, they um, ate something wrong. Right, like it's just like a wow. food. It's just a totally different type of yeah. It's a different part of the world, right? Wow. So, um, that part is is scary, but I've not really processed that. Yeah, and you have time too. Exactly. Do you? So, how do you anticipate being a large character 
Yeah, exactly. uh, how do you anticipate being able to blend in? <laughs> yeah, conform yeah. yourself to yeah. those cultural norms that you're not used to and things Good like question. that. Good question. Yeah. So this is something I've thought about, prayed about a ton, and something I've asked my mobilizer. Mm-hmm. And my mom has been like, Max, how are you gonna go? To... My my mom was like, Max, you, your personality does not blend in. Yeah. It annoys people. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't, and so this is something where I'm like, shoot. But there's a few things on my side. Number one, I'm single. Um, an obnoxious married person, <laughs> like a family, yeah. moving to like Pakistan. That's so <laughs> sus. Yeah. That's so sus. But an obnoxious single guy. You're just like some random American traveling. Yeah, the amount of obnoxious Americans that travel on their own every year, <laughs> it's like off the charts. You know? <laughs> like. Um, now somewhere like Pakistan, that's different, but, um, that's where my cover comes into play. And, um, like that's something that, I mean, I feel like I can talk openly now about it right now because I've not decided on a place yet, Uh but eventually eventually, like I have to like be super secretive about it. Yeah. But like, yeah, like, like going into a place and having a, a, like alibi, like having a cover. It's like you're a spy. It's kind of like I'm a spy. Spy for cool. Jesus. Spy for Jesus. Like it makes it sound so much cooler than it really is. I don't, I don't have any gadgets. We're poor the spies. Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Holy Spirit. You're trapped. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, don't really have cool cars, but Jesus rode on a donkey. So <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe I'll get a donkey. No. Um, but that definitely is a, is a fear I've thought about. Yeah. I One thing I've been thinking a lot about recently is how what's the appropriate response to fear yeah um and i think so often it's to step towards it totally so like a lot of times the first reaction is to to step away which sometimes is valid but if oftentimes the way to overcome your fear is to step as close to it as you can without being traumatized or permanently changed yeah um do you see a way that, do, I mean, do you think that's incorporated in your training as a, totally as a missionary? Or? So no, I like that idea, right? Like you embrace the fear in order to go, in order to get over it. Yeah. Kind of thing. So and that, you have to, you have to actually expose yourself to the thing that makes you scared. Right. Okay. There's so many directions we could go with this. The first one that I immediately think about is it is, there's so many different like contexts for this. Like, like one, like if your fear is heights, then you just, you go skydiving. Right? Yeah. Like I was terrified of heights. Uh-huh. So ziplining was the thing I did every summer mm. until I was not afraid. Gotcha. Right? So I'm not afraid of heights. Nice. Right? <laughs> Thanks. Win. <laughs> but like, yeah, I want to revise my answer. The biggest thing I'm afraid of is is not dying, but but being asked, are you a, a Christ follower? Uh. And then like not being willing to die for. Um, that's my biggest fear uh-huh. and I've been thinking about this because I was talking to someone and they were like like we, we would you die for Jesus I'm like yeah. yes off the cuff uh-huh. right like yes I would die for Jesus uh-huh. and then I think about the more I'm like I mean I, I would die for Jesus right <laughs> like I, I would right and I kept thinking about it I kept like I kind of started praying about it and and that's something that it's, you can't really embrace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't really, okay, 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 shoot me if I don't answer right, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. Um, you, and so it's kind of like this thing that I think instead of, you know, the way you embrace it uh-huh. is you just take this, like, to 
to like battle in prayer. Yeah. Um, you battle this. And so I've been battling this and it's kind of like alarming to me. Like the thoughts that come up, like, okay, if I was in this situation, would I, would I die for the gospel? Would I die uh-huh. for the gospel? Would I die for the gospel? Jesus, please let me be somebody who would die for the gospel. Uh-huh. And then like, I, I answer honestly to myself, like some days it's like, yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, no, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. But the days that even when I say yes, mm-hmm. it's like even then, this is all theoretical in my mind. Yeah. Right? Like even then, it's I don't even know if that's the actual yeah. answer. I would not know unless it happened. And that yeah. terrifies me. Yep. Because that is like the like pinnacle of our is our of our faith is like to live as Christ, die as gain. Mm-hmm. Do we believe that? Yes mm-hmm. or no? Yeah. That, it's not like a question of our saving. I like I, I think like, I think I would still I don't know, it's tricky. I don't know. Yeah. It's so weird. I I can't help but think of like a one stoic practice. Do you know the Stoics? No. Okay. Do do you know like if somebody's described as stoic, what yes. that means? Yeah. Like, you know, stone faced, uh, unbothered. Henry <laughs> <laughs> right. Henry, are you listening? <laughs> A little grumpy uh not grumpy necessarily but the the point is kind of like um Un, unbothered unbothered yes so you can only control the things you can control everything else should not bother you that's a super super like watered down version of it yeah. um but there were a group of uh greek philosophers greek okay. and roman and one of the practices that they had was to meditate on death because to them that made i and i'm again oversimplifying but something about that makes life more potent yeah but also prepares you for death in a way that you're not scared of it you you almost like welcome it yeah and there that's a group of people who doesn't believe in you know a new life Mm -hmm. um and so Mm -hmm. i think my encouragement to you would be like Maybe look into that and like yeah. think. Ju- I mean, I, stoic. I hear that you're saying like in your prayers, you're you're doing that. Yeah. But maybe incorporating like, yeah. What does it What does it mean to die? Yeah. And and what would it mean for me to die for my faith? And actually, like, kind of walk through like, what does that look like? Yeah. I I want I want to have the kind of faith and living out of my faith like the 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 apostles after jesus died Mm. but i feel so like i look at my life now and my life is so much like the apostles before christ died Mm -hmm. and that is something like i feel like sometimes it's easy to be like yeah i mean that's sometimes we're we're sinful that's Mm -hmm. okay and there's grace but i don't think we realize like the the tragedy that that is because point of like yeah like like if Jesus came and died and then the Bible ended <laughs> after the Gospels uh-huh. we would be missing uh, like like the greatest instructions yeah right like our instructions from the Bible like on okay how do we live they come from Paul and the letters in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what the early church did. This is what how you go about your life. But if we just kind of ignore that and we live like we do, 
like, like the apostles did before Christ died, mm-hmm. then we're, we are doing the exact same thing as them. And yeah. I'm missing the point. And I, I, I want to dwell on that. Yeah, like, because they were unafraid of death. Mm-hmm. Unafraid. They were at the point where they weren't even, I mean, maybe they were, but like, like thinking about death was not even like, that wasn't even on their radar. It was more like, like, they were thinking about Jesus so much mm-hmm. that death was not even like an option. Right, yeah. like that wasn't even like a worry. Yeah, like that's crazy. Like that Peter, that Peter, when when faced with death, was like still thinking about Jesus. Like, oh no, 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 don't kill me like that. Kill me this way so that because I'm not worthy. Yeah, right. Like at that point, his death wasn't even still about death. Mm. It was still about Jesus. Yeah, right. That's good. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind. Which I'm curious, like, how do you? How do you get to that point? Yeah, exactly. So, because I, I feel like I'm still a, a a doubting Thomas. Yeah. Right. And is it is it by? <laughs> do you get to that point where you're not afraid of death by looking death in the face or by looking life in the face? Good question. And which of those is, transforms you, or maybe maybe it's one and then the other. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I mean, no, I, and like I don't expect you to have an answer to that question. So here's why A, B, and C. There's three theological implications. Number one, Jake Edwards points out. <laughs> um, I think the for my immediate answer is like we need to understand the broadness of the resurrection way more. Okay. Like, say more about that. Yeah, like, like, I don't know. I why. Okay, this is this is just something I think about sometimes. Yeah. But why do I, why do I like Christmas more than Easter? Hmm. You know, this is so dumb. But why do I like Christmas more than Easter? And and I'm I'm actually because you that. get gifts. It's like a gift, right? Yeah. That is a huge problem. Yeah. That is a huge, 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 <laughs> like terrible problem. The fact that I can just off the cuff say, yeah, I like Christmas more than Easter because I get presents. Uh huh. And I actually get presents on Easter. I get an Easter basket yeah. from my mom. Uh huh. candy. Uh huh. And yeah, I like Christmas more, and I make so you Christmas get and Easter more expensive presents. <laughs> I make them both about the things I get. It's the most American thing. <laughs> Literally, it's terrible. And then I think about like, okay, Christmas Easter, and then I think about what it's actually all about. Christmas is about the the incarnation of Jesus and how uh-huh. he came, and that's incredible. And I think about Easter, and that's how Jesus resurrected, right? And this was the first year of my life where I actually like feel like I, like whoa. This is big. got Easter, but even that point, like I'm like still like feel like immature in it. Uh huh. Like, in order to get to a point where we can be unafraid of death, we need to realize that Jesus conquered death, mm. and to realize that Jesus conquered death is like, like yeah, we are resurrected with him. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that I don't. I, mean, I don't think that I fully understand that. You know, I don't, or at least live yeah. it out. Which my counter. Counterpoint would be, yeah. why is Lent for forty days, and what is Lent? Oh crap! Yeah, good question. So you go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Like, are you asking me like what is it yeah. or like? Yeah, I mean, so the the reason I do Lent, uh-huh. I don't even know if that's the right reason because yeah. there's Catholic Lent. Right, which is like the right <laughs> way to do. There's Catholic Lent and, and, and Henry Beck's Lent, <laughs> and there's non-Catholic Lent. Right, so Catholic Lent is like. There's tradition and there's rules and like there's the right way to do Lent, and I think I would be embarrassed to tell a Catholic how I do Lent, right? Because mm. there's all that they don't eat meat, eat meat on Fridays right. yeah. and all that fast days, fast days, yeah. Like I don't, I don't do any of that. 
Okay. All I do for Lent is for 40 days, I give up one thing and I say, like, and, and, and I probably don't even do, don't even, don't even do it right, but I give it up and I say, yeah, like during these 40 days, I'm in preparation, I'm, I'm preparing my, my soul for the death of Jesus mm-hmm. and the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And whenever I, I te- am tempted or whenever I do fall into that thing that I gave up, mm-hmm. I give it and I, I indulge in that thing. Number one, the temptation shows me, okay, <laughs> this is hard. Well, think about what much harder the, the resurrection was for uh-huh. Jesus and how in the 40 days before the resurrection or for the 40 days before the crucifixion, he, Jesus was thinking about how this was coming, mm-hmm. right? Um, and how he continued to go on. Mm-hmm. And then I also think about how, yeah, like, like I had this moment with Hogan <laughs> a year ago where we both realized shamrock that we shakes. would never have shamrock shakes ever again mm-hmm. because they always fall between the days of Lent. Yeah. Right? And so we'll never just, we'll never have them again. Yeah. And this moment of like, no, <laughs> you're kidding. Right? Because I give up sugar every year. Uh-huh. This, this is terrible. Uh-huh. I will die. Yeah. Right? And then I was like, oh, I suck. <laughs> and Jesus gave up his life. Right? Yeah. Like... And Shamrock Shakes. And Shamrock Shakes. He could have come 2,000 years came, later. He could have, yes. He could have PS4s and the Xboxes. <laughs> he... He really gave up all, a lot, but <laughs> so for me, it's a it's a it's a spiritual practice, and I in in understanding in, in understanding maybe the reverence of the crucifixion and the and the resurrection, but then also trying to yeah align my heart with Jesus's mm-hmm. and and have and like learn empathy for for our, our Lord. Yeah, right? like I think something I've learned in, in communication at Biola is. The greatest way to respect someone is to have empathy for them, hmm. and yeah. that's something that Jesus did with us, mm-hmm. right? Like God, or God, God is the greatest protective taker of all time because He literally became human, yeah, and had a human experience, uh-huh. right? Like that's protective taking one on one. So, I mean, when you ask what is Lent, <laughs> well, I where I was kind of what I was thinking is it's a reflection, and you said this, it's a reflection on the death. And it's a it's a reflection on the death because when Easter comes, now you have you spent forty days meditating on the death of Jesus. Yeah. And now you know what it feels like to feel alive. Um so I think that like kind of tying that back to what we were talking about earlier with like overcoming the fear of death. If you, so you do have to be able to look Jesus in the, in, you know, in the face and say that, that is my life. You know, I have, I have eternal life in Jesus, but I think there's also an aspect, which is I need to understand what dying looks like because otherwise I won't understand what life looks like. Right. And it doesn't have as much meaning. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, yeah. And even in like. (laughs) <laughs> to simplify like Paul's words like death is life yeah like the life is found in the death yeah so yeah if you like that's where I'm thinking like if you are scared of that um, that question of like are you a Christian and I won't and then thinking like I won't be able to well that's the root of the fear right is the, the fear is 
is not that I'd it's not that I'd disappoint Jesus by n- not dying for him. Mm-hmm. It's that I wouldn't get to die for him. Right. Right? Yeah. Jesus died for the world. Mm. And if we're called to follow him, uh-huh. then I want to die for him. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a level of, like, yes, like, it's the... But to be able to do that, you have to overcome the fear. Exactly. The fear of death. And I think the best way to do that is you have to understand what death is yeah. so that you can understand what life is. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the... What is, what is life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the fear and what I've been trying to wrestle through and, and pray about. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because I can do all the philosoph- like philosophy and thinking about it that I want. Right, but when you get in that when moment. I get there, yeah. When I yeah, when I actually go, it's different. <laughs> yep. And I don't know what you can do. <laughs> it's just like like okay, well, I got I'll be stuck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah That's know. the best you can do, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the movie Silence? No, but I want you so bad. I, that would be like as I'm as we're having this conversation, that would be like my number one Rec- like movie recommendation oh, for you. Deal. Do you know the premise? Uh, all I, know, it's, I mean, I won't spoil it, it. But is it Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson, Andrew Garfield, and, and, and Adam Driver. Adam right? Driver yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen the trailer. I've heard it's amazing. It's so good, but it really deals with the dilemma of like. It's asking the question: When is it worth it to die for Jesus? Huh. Or, or yeah, it's wrestling with that question. Like in terms of like. Because if I don't die, then I can do this for him later. You'd I'm you'd have to watch it. Okay. okay. But interesting. Yeah. I think it 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 may challenge, it may challenge you in yeah. a good way. Good. I um, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Deal. Then I was gonna watch horrible horrible bosses this week, but I'll I'll change the <laughs> Um That's awesome. One other thing I wanted to think of because I was, it brought me up because we're talking about the crucifixion and the resurrection. Mm-hmm. This is another thing I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Talking to myself about death. Uh huh. I want to be a, a a Christ follower that that because the resurrection is where we find like that's where we find our hope. Mm-hmm. That's like the crux of our faith. Mm-hmm. But also, like, yeah, yes, we know the crucifixion happened. But I also want to be like the Joseph of Arimathea, the one who Jesus didn't rise, like rise yet. But Joseph was there asking Pilate for Jesus' body and like because he wanted to serve his Lord. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right? Like after the death. Yeah. And put him in a tomb. Yeah. Like I want to be the Christ follower that yes, and, and, and I'm not discounting the resurrection, this is dangerous territory. <laughs> I you hear me, like I it's so important, but I want to not like I almost want to to just see the res, the, the crucifixion and see Jesus's incredible self-sacrifice mm-hmm. and be like, that's enough. Yeah. Like, which almost feels horrible. This is something my, my, my mentor was telling me though. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like, I like, what would it mean to just pause on good Friday? Not knowing that Easter's coming. Yeah. And be like, I'm still. In. Yeah. Well, that's where, that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying getting at is like the deeper you go or, 
however deep you believe or not believe but however deep you are thinking about the death Mm -hmm. that's how deeply you're thinking about the life yeah so if you don't go all the way into the death you don't get all of the life totally so and you need to do it in that order yeah you need to do it in that order Mm -hmm. because which some people like some a lot of people come to christianity because of the the promise of life Mm-hmm. Right, and that is that's great, beautiful, but you're gonna you'll get stuck if you can't go deeper into the death, yeah, and and you can't avoid the death. Yeah, I think sometimes people go, they're like, oh, there's life in Christ, mm-hmm. and then like they, you know, they get burnt out because mm-hmm. they think it's just supposed to be all rainbows and yeah, butterflies and sunshine, but like the the death and the and the resurrection, it's in that order, and we have to expect that order for our own lives. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there will be hard things in our lives. But then Christ redeems. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that, that order of events because it's, well, it's a cycle, right? Yeah. And it's something that will we'll forever always run into things where it's broken. But we're able to be Joseph mm-hmm. and still serve our Lord despite the, the death. And that's faith, right? That's it's where like, the faith is. Yeah. It's the conviction of things unseen. And then there's the resurrection. There's that third day where mm-hmm. there's the redemption and you're praising the Lord because he's your God. Right. But you didn't... That's the best part. Right. But you didn't need that in order to still have faith. Yeah. Which is so hard. Like, that's something that... Like, that's why I don't think I was a believer until this year. Mm. <laughs> it's because I was only a Christian on the third day. Yeah, I wasn't a Christian on the, the first or the second. Interesting. Before this year. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that that is a, I mean, I hear that from a lot of Christians who are like, you know, four years into quote unquote being a Christian, they're like, oh, I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, probably in another four years, we're, all of us thing. will probably be saying, oh, I didn't get it. Yeah, I've been thinking about how there's such a difference between saved in Christian, like, mm. like well, I'm trying to say Christian less. I want to say Christ follower. Because mm-hmm. well, it's unfortunate the way that language gets. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the uh, connotation yeah. is strong. Yeah, but I mean, bro, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I was. I've been saved since I was like four years old. Mm. Right. I, you know, asked Jesus into my heart, mm-hmm. and I did the whole thing. I asked if my teddy bear could come with me. Mm-hmm. But. I think until Jesus is Lord of your life and you follow Christ even on the first and second day, mm. not just on the third, can you call yourself a little Christ? Mm. Right? Like, like, can you call yourself a, a follower of Christ if you're only willing to do it on the easy days? Yeah. Like, and, and genuinely do it, not just like passively, like, yeah, I go to church. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. I've been thinking about... Um kind of the Christian journey a good bit. Um, and one of the ways that, so this is, this is going to be kind of a long story ish, but, um, okay. So I've been thinking about, um, the relationship between what Aristotle would call character and action, but probably the more familiar terms for us are identity and behavior. Um, and, I was thinking about this in the ter- in terms of anxiety, which 
we could talk about that later if we wanted to. Yeah. But uh, I love it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Of, I'm pro. <laughs> <laughs> pro anxiety. I'm pro. <laughs> uh, but anyways, this led me to leave, to think about like why is it that Christianity changes people? Like what about Christianity leads people to become uh, or like following Christ? Let's say for your sake. Yeah. Uh, rather yeah, than Christian. Yeah, yeah. What does following, how does following Christ change people? And I think there's, I, I kind of, separate from the Christian faith, I was thinking there's like three ways that you can change, your identity can be changed, the way you see yourself, right? Mm-hmm. One is habituation. So you change the things you do. Yep. And that you, by doing that, you change who you are. Okay. Second one is insight. So somebody else reveals to you a, something about yourself that you didn't know. Okay. Or it could be someone or something else. Yep. Yep. The third is um, narrative. So this is kind of like a, this is a popular idea in kind of like, um, oh, current. Um, postmodern? Yeah, postmodern thinking. Yeah. is like, you can change the way, you know, you tell the story about yourself yeah. and that changes who you are. I'm a big character. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is simultaneously, simultaneously damaging if you aim that at the wrong thing. But also <laughs> I think really powerful yeah. it, that you can change the story you're telling about yourself. Yeah. So in my opinion, regardless outside of Christianity, you could use those three things to change who you are. Yeah. And they're really powerful. Each individual one of those is really powerful. Yeah. But they're most powerful together. Mm-hmm. And I think Christianity does uses all three. Absolutely. So let me explain. Hit me. Most, awesome. most Christians, right? <laughs> this is kind of the path that they follow. Yeah. Um, and it may vary. You know, it's not a, a rule, but yeah. it's kind of a pattern. Most Christians, they receive some insight, right? That was the second one I said. Yeah from a pastor or Bible or friend where they learn something about themselves that they didn't know before. Yeah. So maybe that's your sinful person or totally. maybe that's you need to be saved or you yeah. know something like that. Then if they believe, um, then that means that there's a, a true story, a new true a new story narrative. about themselves. Yeah. Which is really that cool. Jesus dies for your sins and, and, and lives go ahead and, well, and and I would add and the cool part of that is they become not the main character uh-huh. they are no less an important character mm-hmm. but they are suddenly centered around a character that is is grounded and consistent it's like they brought in the best actor slash yeah. character developed thing ever and now the story is around that yeah right that's a good point like it's that not it's actually not changing the story about who you are it's changing about it's changing the story changing that you're in yeah it's yeah, changing yeah. the story you're in yes it's, it's, that's fascinating okay keep going um last one and the last one's habituation right so i, I think you know as a a christian who believes uh you know that we're um saved by faith mm-hmm. um we're attributed Christ's identity regardless of our actions, right? Agreed. So that's yeah. that's Luther. Um, it's like we become Christ yeah. in God's eyes because of Jesus' Jesus's actions. Right. 
but we get the opportunity to spend the rest of our lives trying to align ourselves with the identity we've already been given. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the process of changing your behavior. Hmm. Um, so when you're like, when you're saying, Oh, I didn't get it. I don't, I think that that is a, you had, yeah. you had the, you've had the identity since you, you know, since you've had faith. Since I've had faith. I've had the identity in Christ since mm-hmm. four. Yeah. I didn't realize it. Yep. You didn't realize yeah. it and you weren't acting that way. Yeah. But you had it. So there's this, there's this struggle between the truth, mm-hmm. right? The, just whatever, like the objective, the objective fact that your identity is in Christ mm-hmm. versus your character in action. Mm-hmm. Which is, do you, do you fall, like, do you live like you believe those three things are true? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's, okay. <laughs> I like it. But anyways, that's just me kind of sharing what I'm thinking about and saying, yeah. it seems like your experience kind of like lines up with that. Yeah. Um, I, the, I know, dude, I, I feel like I've had an epiphany about how I was doing the past two years wrong. Like six different times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and every single time I'm like, the past three years I wasn't even a Christian. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, but I think until and I and yeah, yeah, I do think I do think I was saved when I was four. Yeah. But the difference in this last time was every time I've looked back until until New Zealand was I, I would look back and I'd be like, dang, like I. What was I thinking? I gotta be better. Uh huh. This is the first time now this past year, where first of all, it's felt like I can't, I can't, not do this now. Uh huh. I can't. Like if I relapse, I can't stand that relapse. Yeah. I have to continue moving forward in slow obedience. Uh huh. Right. There's no going back. Yeah. Like I'm almost. I hate this term, but I'm sealed in. Okay. Like I'm, uh-huh. the perseverance of saints feels the real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then the second part of that though is, like, I look back and I. Yeah, like all those things I, I whenever I looked back and I was like, ah, oh, man, I, the past two years, what was I thinking? I gotta do better. Mm. But this is the first time in my mm-hmm. life where, and this doesn't mean that like I wasn't a Christian back then. Yeah. But it's the first time in my life where I'm like. This has nothing to, like, it has nothing to do with how hard I white knuckle this. Yep. Right? Yep. It has nothing to do, like, like where I actually have realized, okay, all those separate times, mm-hmm. I was still loved and embraced mm-hmm. by the Lord. Identity didn't change. Identity didn't change. It's just, like, am I aligning myself with the Father's will? Yeah. And that's, like, that's, I think, the difference is you can be saved and far from the Father's will. Mm-hmm. But when you align yourself with the Father's will, there's this peace that comes and that just, it changes your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, there was this guy who came to our church and talked a long time ago and he was like talking about how most sin is the result of believing something untrue. Mm. Mm. At the time I was like, that's dumb. (laughs) <laughs> it's just not true John Mark Comer shut up <laughs> it wasn't John Mark Comer oh, dang, <laughs> uh, but as I've as I'm thinking about it more I'm like I think a lot of sin comes from us not realizing who we are 
who yeah. because of Christ's work. So yes. in, we're at, we're still acting like we're, you know, we have to live up to that mm-hmm. identity mm-hmm. instead of living out of the identity we've already given, been given. Right, and we're like floundering while we do that. It's mm-hmm. not like we're doing that calm and collected. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's figure out what what, what our identity is. Yeah, yeah. But we're like, ah, we <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's because otherwise, I feel like. <laughs> well, there's just so much chaos. Yeah. I guess you look at Biola. I'm like, yes, this is a school where people are like intentionally following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's why Biola is a perfect school mm. and there's no problems. <laughs> but I'm lying. Yeah. Because there are problems. And yeah. it's because of identity. And it's not because people aren't saved. Mm-hmm. It's because people are saved, but they don't. They're floundering for. Yeah. For. Yeah, the Father's will. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I love it. I think it's also really interesting because the current like philosophical climate is obsessed with narrative, right? Yeah. And as Christians, I don't know if we have a strong answer to that hmm. yet. Yeah. But I think in I think you can find it. Like it's there. Hmm. The 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 Bible talks all about Paul talks all about identity. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I wonder how much room there is for kind of like apologetics in that realm. Yeah. When people, if identity is something that people um, like really value talking about, can we kind of break into that, uh, that, that sphere? Yeah. I mean, I brought up Dumber Comer. Remember, I just halfway through his Live No Lies book. Oh, yes. Okay. all about, like, the way the devil operates. Mm. He operates in lies. Yeah. He's not a little cartoon um, pitchfork with a pitchfork and a red jumpsuit. Yeah. You know? like yeah, he's, yeah. He's like, Aah! no, he's like, <laughs> he's literally, like, like, when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he was lying to him. Mm. Yep. Right? Yep. When he... Like there's so many times in the in the New Testament when Jesus calls out or in the Gospels when Jesus calls out the devil for lying. Mm-hmm. Right? When Peter when Peter said whatever he said to Jesus, I'm forgetting <laughs> what he said, and Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. Yeah. It's because Peter was lying, you know? Yeah. Like like he wasn't actually calling Peter Satan. Yeah. He was saying this is a work the of work the of these the are devil. lies yeah. that you're saying. And that is the tool of the devil. Yeah. And I'm brilliant, right? <laughs> yeah, it's John Montgomery. Um, no, but uh, um, he he also talks about how yeah, like the 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 identity that that people have today is so like it's so it's so easy for the devil to create such extreme narratives mm-hmm. that are so counterintuitive to the gospel that like. We don't even think about them. And then we apply those those narratives to our lives as Christians. Mm-hmm. So we're applying Satan's tools to our li- to our lives. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm I'm like gonna blank on the examples. But like I think about social media. Mm-hmm. Right? Like this is brilliant, right? By and there's three there's three forms that the devil works. He works, you know, the devil. And then there's, or there's three forms of lives. There's the devil, mm-hmm. there's the world, and there's the flesh, mm-hmm. right? And so the flesh is like us giving into our temptations and us thinking that we 
this is like our freedom to do so. Believing our bodies. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. it. Like the heart wants what it wants. Yeah. Right? What do you want? But um, then there's also the world and the devil. And when, and like something like social media, like that's, that is the world's lie. That number one, you are basically setting up yourself as, <laughs> bash social media so much right now. <laughs> You're setting up yourself as the main character. Mm. Which is exactly the opposite of what the gospel is. Yeah. Right? The gospel doesn't, if, I think I said this last time, but if you disappeared from the face of the earth, you never existed. Mm-hmm. The gospel will still be true. Story doesn't change. Story does not change one second. Yep. If Brayden Dot Storms on mm-hmm. Instagram mm-hmm. was evaporated, yeah. Story wouldn't change. It's actually not Brayden Storms, but it's not. It's NBS, <laughs> isn't it? It's not Brayden Storms. Yeah. It's not. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Message. Message still the same. Yep. 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 So, um, so, but that's literally what social media is trying to get people to do. Yeah. It's say, hey, make yourself make, make yourself known. You are the main character. Mm. People will love you. People will tell you that they love you. Like, this is for you. And that's just one way. Yeah. Right? That's interesting. And so, it's lies. Yeah, it's lies is the way. I don't even know. No, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting point. As I'm increasing my social media presence right now, yeah, because be I'm posting things, I've, I've, yeah, I've been thinking of like, oh, what a powerful tool to share the truth. Totally. But also, it's what a powerful thing. tool to share lies. So. And somebody needs to do it. So like you, right, you're right. right. You, you should do it. Yeah. I, I had an Instagram free surf mission. Uh-huh. And it's still going, but I can't run it. I give it to my sister. <laughs> I Interesting. Because you can't have the app. I can't have it. It's real. It's terrible. Yeah. It's evil. Yeah. Yeah, no, but, but I think that there needs to be a point where... Where, because there's no, there you can't combat social media by deleting it. <laughs> for yourself, maybe. Yeah. But not for the rest of the world. Interesting. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. like, like I'm not starting a revolution here. Like, hey, I deleted Instagram. Yeah. So can you. Right. Um, well, and the reality is it's not going to change no. until, unless something crazy happens. <laughs> no, it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, nothing's impossible with God, but... It's hey, he could Tower of Babel this thing. Could tower of Babel. <laughs> get rid crazy. of the internet. Oh my gosh. The internet just starts speaking a bunch of different languages. <laughs> Auto translate stops working. Yeah. <laughs> All the AI goes. Google translate breaks. Yeah. ChatGPT breaks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would be wild. God just inserts some like bad code. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually amazing. Uh, awesome. Well, um, we're, we're running out of time, but hey. Max, thank but, you for coming back on. We touched you. on uh, death, life, mission. Yeah. We God. We touched on, on everything that matters. This, really. actually, this feels better than last time. I feel like last time I was just kind of like spewing on and on. And this time I feel like we hit some actual really good topics. I think we had, we had a conversation this we time. We had a conversation this time. Last time I think done. sometimes when... <laughs> Yeah, sometimes when people come on the first time, they think it's like a presentation. Yeah, we're just having, we're just talking, we're just having a conversation. We're just vibing. Um, that was good. And that's that's what I love about it. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Max. Peace right. out, crowd. <laughs>